right, everybody. Welcome back. This is the second episode of the Great Heavy Music Podcast. As always, Alex Peterson here to lead you along by my side, the trusty and wonderful Phil Collins. Phil, how you doing today, buddy? I'm feeling good, man. Are you ready to do some album reviews? Uh, no, nah. All right, well, we got about uh, 30 minutes until we get there because we're just going to fill time with some hilarity awesome. like we usually do. Tell me what's been going on in your life this week. Keep the folks at home interested. Anything funny going on? Anything fun in your life? Oh, my God. No. That's what's that's what's interesting. <laughs> I'm a 60-year-old man in a 30-year-old man, year old man's body. I went to bed pretty early last night. As far as I'm concerned, that's a pretty sweet night. Got some good sleep. Uh, didn't wake up with a headache, so things are looking up. A fucking headache. <laughs> that's that's a th- that's a throwback a to the low life uh, the low life thixotropic. Oh if anybody wants yeah, a is. great obscure reggae rock album, go listen to the album Thixotropic T H I X O T R O P I C by the Low Life, and you'll be incredibly glad you did. So that is such a good shout out. You did not. You did not wake up with a fucking headache. Nope. So that's good. I, uh, you know, I'm I'm getting excited because I got my son involved in the scouts and he's doing his derby car race and he's uh, uh, couldn't be any less interested. But all the dads get involved and they want to make sure it works. So that's what we got going on. Nice. Now we Legit. always we always do our traditional that's so metal that's segment so of metal. the show and. This week is no different. We have a group of chums from the Netherlands, and I don't think you saw this article, Phil, but the guys were drinking a little too hard, as you and I are not totally unfamiliar with, and somebody dared one of the fellas to eat a live fish, supposedly inspired by Jackass, and uh, I think Steve-O was the one. Did you ever see Steve-O do that? Um... I haven't seen him do that, no. I'm not surprised to hear that, but no, I haven't not seen it. I don't really know what would rise to the level of surprise that that guy has done. Like if he like if he set himself on fire, I think that maybe I don't know though. I think I could see it. It's believable. I think if he cleaved off an appendage or like a toe or finger, right. I'd be like, "Wow, he really really pushed." I didn't see that coming, but at just about Something shy irreversible. of that. Right. Well, th- this guy swallowed the fish in the Netherlands drinking and lo and behold, the fish starts to freak out because the fish is alive. And so its defense mechanisms kick in and it opens its spines and it gets lodged in the guy's throat with these needle-like spines sticking out in all directions. I can't imagine what kind of pain that would be in the middle of your throat, stick those spiny needles. I mean, I've, I'm pretty sure I'd be like, I'm dead. It's over. As soon as that happened. Uh I don't know if he died or not. But, no, he uh, survived. He survived. He went to the hospital. They, oh, they had to surgically remove the fish. What happened to the fish, man? Okay, that's the real question. <laughs> <laughs> he the, the whole he was a huge um, animal lover. So the whole way to the hospital, he was just drinking water to try to keep this thing hydrated. <laughs> I know, right? He's gurgling salt water. <laughs> the poor fish. God, what a what a, what a champ. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I guess I could say that's so that's metal so because metal. it's so stupid, but it was also ballsy. Kind of like in True Lies. Oh, yeah. it's not <laughs> what is in True Lies that it's stupid and ballsy? Remember that scene I mean, when whole- Tom Arnold talks about Arnold Schwarzenegger and he goes, he's ballsy. Stupid, but ballsy. <laughs> no, but that's awesome. <laughs> I was like, 
was it the fact that it got made stupid and ballsy? Maybe. <laughs> it's a great movie. <laughs> I love True Lies. And I don't think anything is specifically unique to the Netherlands. That could have been in any college campus. Oh, yeah. Any... That's a drunk person that did that. That's all. They, yeah. And, and if you get your buddies around and you got dares going on, you're going to be okay. uh, interested in doing something stupid like that. I feel like I would never have done that, ever. Was there ever a point in your life where you could have been convinced to do that? Sure. You think? Ten beer bongs in. It's um, <laughs> Katie Bar the door. I don't know, man. <laughs> I think, I just feel like I would have been, I'm too afraid of, like, fish. I'm too afraid of, <laughs> that's an entirely different issue, though. That's, that's nothing to do with my drinking. <laughs> so you would have been, you right. would have been the guy at the table trying to grab the fish out of the bowl, like, just barely getting your fingers in the water going, ooey, 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 ooey. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I would have felt like, eh. It, oh, yeah, I know. Speaking of like that, I thought there was like, you know, sissy noises. I thought there was a spider on my pants the other day and I shrieked, man. I didn't, it wasn't even like a, it, was, it, was, it wasn't even remotely masculine. It was like, ah! And I, <laughs> and I, was, I was really hoping nobody heard it because it was pretty bad. But um, yeah, that's the noise I would have been making. You, you said Fish that weird, you man. thought there was a spider. Was there? No, it was a, I don't even know. Like I looked, at, I, I guess like the like some metal part of the pant, like the zipper reflected. So I don't know. I thought it was movement, and I was like, ah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, just like a so that's, that's why you and I will not be on a that's so metal segment metal. of any. I was show. gonna say that that's so not metal <laughs> is what I like to you know I like a little counterbalance you know. There's something metal out there. Tell everybody about the time where I was the least thing from metal, or the furthest thing from metal, I should say. Yeah, not uh, not uh, living up to our do and and uh, uh, <laughs> right um, the uh, Ozzy Osbourne style of leadership here. We we aspire for something great, but we're not quite there. We're, we we'd be looking at that fish in the fishbowl, and it'd be like that thing right. looked at me funny. I'm not touching it. Right, the thing looks like it means business, man. <laughs> But, um, All right, so, awesome. so Phil, I want to hear a little bit before we uh, go to a first commercial break. I want to hear a little bit from you uh, about what albums we're doing today. Tell me where you were in 2009 when the album that you picked for us today was released. What were you doing in your life in 2009? Ten- All right, 2009, um, I was starting on my bachelor's degree. I was trying to figure out what I'm doing with my life. I was about to join the Army. Um, because it's a day to remember. I um, I was actually I listened to this album a lot when I was in Kuwait back in 2013, and I uh, really loved it. Uh, it just kind of reminded me of home. I'm not really sure why, but I just I really like the guy's voice. I related to it. Um, like most of the songs are really catchy. So I feel like it's the personal relation mixed with uh, just it being very naturally, you know, a, sort of upbeat but intense and like uh, catchy kind of music really, really stuck with me. Um, so, yeah, I, I felt like it would be good to recommend Homesick from A Day to Remember. And and then uh, in 2009, I was just finishing. I had just graduated from college and I was coming down to Florida to go to law school. And I had bought a scooter in cash because I thought all the money I had was to bop around town in a Zongshen red scooter. And I had a sick-ass 
white helmet with a black mohawk, a rubber mohawk that was spiked. Yes. And I, I hope you were wearing a tracksuit when you were doing that. I had a, a perfect windbreaker, and I had my Ron Paul bumper sticker on the back of my helmet with the Ron on the left side of that mohawk and the Paul on the right side of the mohawk. And I'll, I'll remember, I'll, I mean, I'll always remember this. I walked into a local gas station down here in Florida, and I had my helmet underneath my arm, and the, and the guy saw my, it wasn't very busy, so I walk in, and the kid sees me, couldn't have been more than 18. He sees me walk in, I have my helmet under my arm, and my red Zongshan scooter out by the pump, and I, I go to pay for like $1.90 of gas, because the tank was like a quarter gallon. And the guy looks at me for just a second, and he goes, you're riding that scooter pretty hard, huh? <laughs> so uh was he being sarcastic completely shitting on me it's just so i mean really when you're getting shit on that hard by an 18 year old gas station attendant your life's a little low <laughs> <laughs> like i'll fight you right now <laughs> but i i mean in my head i was thinking i love this kid <laughs> oh yeah you're like you know he's kind of right it's like uh that's awesome just call call me to the mat. So life's a lot better ten years later. But you know, it's it's interesting how these albums hold up. So we'll get into that. We're gonna listen to a day to remember's homesick, and then I suggested for you the album by Moore's Principium Est, the 2017 yes. release. Did you get a chance to dive into that one? Oh yeah, Embers, big time. Embers of a dying world. Yeah, real uplifter. I was feeling. Pre- <laughs> I was really sad, and I listened to the world dying. <laughs> a very like, sunny what? outlook about the future. <laughs> yeah, it's a but yeah. Um, no, I really want to talk about it. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot going on. All right, um, so let's let's take our first commercial break right after we play rock paper scissors shoot to decide who's going to go first. Are you ready to do it? Yes, we say rock paper scissors shoot. Anything you want to do, you got it. You got it. And then we're going to say All anything right. we want, but you can't duplicate and and no delays like last time. So let's let's be ready. All right. All right. All right. Ready. Here we go. Yep. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Anything you want to do. Pickaxe. I'm sorry. I you just, just totally rocks. forgot. <laughs> no, nothing happened. <laughs> Literally. It was like. <laughs> I really wish people at home could see what I see. As you do that with me, you're smacking your hand into your palm. You're looking at me. We're locked eyes to eyes. For whatever reason, you're not saying it, but I still expect that you're going to do something. And the silence no. continues beyond the shoot All right. part. All right. It's going to happen for real this time. Sorry that I made you waste pickaxe on nothing. Right. I mean, you completely <laughs> sabotaged my opportunity to use pickaxe forever. God, Thank pickaxe you. was a good one, too. I'm, a, I'm such a dick. All right. Okay. All right. I'm for real this time. All right. Ready. So at least you're ready. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Anything you want to do. Dumpster fire. Pie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Let's see. Your pie goes into my dumpster fire. My dumpster fire consumes the pie. The aroma from the burning pie fills the local vicinity. Homeless people abound. Come look in the trash can and they're all disappointed. I think trash can dumpster fire wins. Okay, but if you had enough pie, you could probably smother a dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> How much? <I> mean, right. <laughs> or if it was a really, really small, just a, 
uh, just a starting dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah, you throw an apple pie on that thing and it's, it's done. Good night. <laughs> but I will give you, I feel like you made a good point. I'll totally concede this because I had nothing on the first one. <laughs> <laughs> well, what a gentleman. You made me waste pickaxe, but at least I come out with a W. All right. Well, then that's what All we're right. going to do. When we come back from this first commercial break, we are going to dive into Embers of a Dying World by Moore's Principium Est. And then we will take it from there, my man. Hi folks, Jimmy Dragonslayer here, guitarist of Set Yourself on Fire in Front of Your Parents. I just wanted to ask you, have you ever been moshing out with your friends and all of a sudden your bowels start to do a little moshing of their own? Don't get caught in a messy situation. You need my seriously hot anal release treatment. That's seriously hot anal release treatment. Patent pending, non-FDA approved, but guaranteed to work. If you order now, I'll knock half the price off. Text SHART to 8434 to get your month's supply of seriously hot anal release treatment. That's SHART. All right, Phil, we're back from break, and it's time to review the album Embers of a Dying World by Moore's Principium Est. Let's jump into the first track, and then we'll start talking a little bit about the band. The first track from the 2017 release is Genesis. seconds it's an introduction song not really a song it's basically a theatrical intro i don't think we need to spend too much time on that one and let's jump into the second track where it really starts to kick off they do a nice job blending the first and second tracks from the intro second track first real song reclaim the sun A lot of things that jumped out to me immediately <clears throat> obviously the orchestra but just the layers the um whatever and the tuning it sounded a little bit to me like death from the sound of perseverance that kind of guitar um a lot of <laughs> this reminded me of like demu borgir some sort of really um intense orchestra driven like obviously it's a different genre but um metal like that a little bit of like arsis in there um, really like the guitar a lot, and that um, that dim, 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 the um, or that the uh, the solo or the riffs that happen in the chorus, and I, I think it's really really catchy, man. It, I was I was really struck by this. First thing I noticed was that chorus riff. Sweet. It's, like, doo, 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 doo. it's extremely catchy. One of my favorites on the album. 
um, and has a nice solo in it too. It, it was it was really good. Man. I, I, I was really impressed by this song. Awesome. I'm really glad to hear that because I, I've suggested this album to you. As I told you in the last episode, I was getting ready to go on the 70,000 Tons of Metal Cruise. These guys were on there as well as Unleash the Archers amongst 50 some other great bands. And nice. these guys killed it. They did a great job. And that's why I picked this as the second album for you to review because I was very impressed with their live performance of the songs on this album. They opened with this song and they crushed it. It was the first show on the boat for the first day it was a packed house and they were killing it so nice. th this is probably my second favorite song on the album i'll tell you my favorite as we get to it uh, i love this track and i think they pulled it off brilliantly live and i'm a big fan of these guys so let's yeah. let's dive into the next one and then i'll give you a little bit of insight into the band and and see if you knew some some different interesting facts the third track is called masquerade <laughs> I really like the intro. Uh, I think um, that like grindy sort of climbing. Uh, it's really that's like that that melodic death, that real technical sort of sound. Really like it because um, it's it's uh, it's got some grit to it. Um, I like uh, that's oh yeah. The only part I wanted to say, I like how this band's a little like avant-garde in a way. I think they try a lot of different things. Uh, I, I really like it's sort of just shameless but not and not contrived at all I really like the beginning I thought was really cool um, the, the only part I thought was silly is when he says final revolution I think it's a little huh? but uh, I like the faster pace and I like the uh, soaring screams uh, it sounds kind of emphatic to me and I really like the tempo so overall it's a pretty good song I, I'll give it like a B probably if I had to grade it Decent. Now, a little bit of insight on these guys. Did you know that they were formed in 1999? Wow, that's a while. So they've been kicking it for 20 years. Yeah. But they have a new singer. They've gone through a bunch of lineup changes, as any most 20-year-old bands have. Sure. And I think that the new singer is a phenomenal singer, a perfect match for the music. Yep. And I, it's not as brutal all the time as you may expect from a melodic death band, but I like that. I don't mind. I, it doesn't have to be that brutal. I actually kind of like um, this guy and like older in flames. You could, I like that that sort of that level of brutality. You can sort of discern what they're saying a little more. Uh, I like it. I think it's perfect. And these guys are from Finland, so for yes. them to come over to the metal cruise to Fort Lauderdale, they had to fly a hell of a long way, and they oh my god, they crushed it. So. You know, you and I both recognize that Finland, Sweden, Norway. I mean, those—that's like the epicenter of death metal and melodic death metal, and these absolutely. guys are no exception. Yep, absolutely. It's probably all the lack of sunlight and vodka. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the next song is called "Into the Dark," track number four. Awesome. 
Okay, Phil, let me take Into the Dark, if you don't mind. Please do. This was a song where you can tell, because of that really powerful operatic and, and choral introduction with the orchestral sounds in it, that it's going to build up to something pretty awesome, and it does. And when that, when it really kind of the pop, top, the top pops off the bottle when he starts blasting and screaming and the and the riffs are really picking up speed it that's a great pit song i mean when we were on the boat that was a song where you everybody was waiting for that break and bam yeah uh, people just started raging so that's a, one of my favorites on here definitely top three uh, the opener this one and then one more is my favorite i'll tell you when we get to it but uh, i love this song nice man yeah it's it's a good song um i don't know if i probably wouldn't put it in my top three but i liked it um I, I, thought, I was reading, I said the lyrics sound like something an apocalyptic prophet would be saying, like screaming out of people on the, on the street. Believe um, me, listen, listen. <laughs> the, right. Final death is coming. But um, yeah, I, I really, um, I, it was intense, man. Apocalyptic. I mean, it really, I mean, it, I could see, I could easily see Mosh into this, especially with, um, you know, some super hot anal release treatment or seriously hot. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, with Jimmy, whatever that Dragon Slayer guy was talking about. Right, right. We need Jimmy Dragon Slayer for a song like this for sure, because you don't want your bowels right. releasing all over the floor. Right. All right, let's go into track five. Death is the beginning. Give me your yep. thoughts on track five, Death is the Beginning. Uh, yeah, I love they got some nice uh, clean singing in there. Um, not sure if that's a band member, the, the woman singer. Um, what I really noticed, or what really stood out to me, is that it, it reminded me a little bit of Catatonia. That guy's morose and sort of distraught screaming. It's, it's emotional, you know? And uh, really like, I thought that I thought that was kind of cool. It was, a little, it was very authentic. Um, there's a ballad-esque type solo in there yep, that definitely I thought was really a little, good. Definitely a little slower than the prior tracks. Sure. But um, I like it. I I, I like uh, I like the raw emotion about it, I, I, and I like that they try to do things. I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily have expected that from uh, like a melodic death pit and metal band, you know. So this is I my liked it. this is Surprise. my favorite track. Nice. Yep, I, I for whatever reason, you know, I love the hardcore, hard-hitting first songs. I love pitting to these guys. I've seen them now three times, but I just lo- I love this song. I think that it's a great combination, and I'm always a sucker for a beautiful 
clean singing female vocalist combined with a harsh sounding rough uh, male screaming vocalist I, I love Draconian which is one of those bands that's pulled that off I think masterfully for its whole career and th these guys nailed it with this song so this is my favorite track on the album where does it fall for you Phil it is let me see what I put as my top three. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, I don't have it as my top three but I really, it's it's still really strong. It, it's a really good song. I, it builds really well too, man. Um, it builds into the emotional kind of where he's distraught and screaming. Um, it, it leads into that really well. I I don't know. I really like it. I I, I don't know if I put it in my top three, but it's still strong. You know. All right. Well, let let's play a little bit of trivia with Moore's Principium Est. Okay. Okay. Well, before we get to the next song, I am going to. Did you look up what? this band's name means no i didn't all right well i'm gonna give you i'm three, ready i'm gonna give you three choices okay and you're gonna pick what moore's principium est means okay is it latin for death is the beginning death will befall you or that armchair smells like cat piss. I mean, I'm obviously leaning towards three, um, you know, because I'm pretty well versed in Latin. So <laughs> I'm going to go with A. I'm going to go with it's only the beginning. Bingo. Death is the beginning. Moore's Principium S. Death is the beginning. Ah, so that's Ooh. like a title track for their, or their entire band. It's a pretty concept. much a tone setter. Well, you know what you're getting when you're listening to these guys. Yep. A lot of sunny opposition, uh, sunny dispositions and optimism. <laughs> yes, it's going to be a nice day with, but don't worry, because death's only the beginning. Exactly. What's there to be sad about? All right, let's All go right. to track six, and then I'll give you a little more trivia, but I think you got something good for us after this track six, The Ghost. Oh, yes, I do. Yes. ghost i think it sounds really cool i love how it sounds spooky with that piano it sounds even more so later on uh just pretty befitting a song titled the ghost uh, there's a riff at about a minute and 30 seconds in that's really good i feel like this band never really fails to give you like a couple different things at least in one song which i like a lot uh, every song they have is so layered with just different ideas and, and different um you know like catchy ideas uh, I really like the piano um, and I just like it I, I would give it like a B plus 
Um, <laughs> but the thing is that I thought was so funny when I was when I was reading, I was listening to this on YouTube, and there was a comment <laughs> from a fairly unhinged former fan, I guess, of this band. And I almost wanted, I want to do a segment called Rant of the Day, if we can, or Rant of the Week, something like that. All right, I'm going to put myself in the mindset of this guy, and I'm going to read it to you as I think he was going through the process. And I'm going to yell the parts that are in all caps. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't wait for all this. Right. Okay, ready? All right, so here I am. I'm listening, and I'm like, fuck this, man. This sucks. I, you know, I'm getting so pissed off. All right, fine. I'm going to say it. This album is soft. Morse Principium Est has lost their edge. Any aggro they had has now been glossed overy with, quote, ambient or, quote, technically involved intervals. No longer able to carry an edgy, dynamic, volatile, slashing vibe throughout an entire song, something I can actually train slash lift to. I was very disappointed in this album, and it absolutely sickens me that we now have to wait two long years, probably three, as per contractual obligations, before MPE returns with whatever new direction they might have, just hoping it actually has some fucking teeth to it, and regains the fucking balls this gelded eunuch of an album lacks. Morse Principium has the goddamn talent, but they have been castrated to the point where they now sound like an also-neutered dark tranquility. <laughs> and here's what I love there, someone res- responded to this guy and their counterpoint was this retarded scum lowlife <laughs> that's exactly why the internet is the greatest thing ever and why human beings are the greatest <laughs> I had to share that with you, man. That's so good. First of all, he can lift slash train to. That's exactly what sticks out to me. It's so funny you said that. I was just going to say that he's so self-absorbed that he has to (laughs) clarify that he doesn't just lift. He's training. (laughs) Training for what? Apparently to kick Morse Principium's ass if they ever put out an album like this again. (laughs) Man, you can tell that he's just so worked up about it. That's right. I had to get myself in the in the mindset. Like you, you know, you're just like, you're just getting increasingly pissed off listening to this album. You're like, God, fuck this band. You know what? I'm gonna say it, <laughs> and then just go off in this. <laughs> I'm picturing him like pacing in his room. Like, what right. am I gonna do? What I gotta do God. something about this. <laughs> God damn it, Morris! You betrayed me for the last time. And then <laughs> he put very and there's like six R's, all caps. Very fucking. I love it. Retarded come low life was the re- <laughs> the response to that. Yeah, you know, it, I, I'm not sure which is worse. <laughs> I know that guy's like pretty bad too. Like, geez, buddy. <laughs> Retarded scum low life. Like, if you think about it, that, would be a mentally handicapped person who was also morally horribly corrupt, <laughs> right. right? And also a- some sort of thief or swindler. I just nothing he wrote makes me think he's that it just makes me feel sad right I mean he didn't I mean yes it was it was really it was really opinionated but it wasn't incoherent or retarded and it certainly didn't seem like thievery no and at no point you didn't address at all any of the points he made I mean he did at least say they got soft and they sound like dark tranquil. I mean, you could some you could address that to some degree, right? Just no. retarded scum, low life. 
Awesome. All right. Let's let's check out track number seven in Torment. Yes. tell you straight out of the gate that's one of my top five for sure i love that song it's real good um it reminds me a little it's like you took master of puppets and mixed it with arsis okay with the, way the riffs go I can see that. but um and it's a quick hitter it's only four minutes and in terms of bands like this style they they can go on a little bit that's a quick hitter i, I love the way you know kind of going back to what that youtube commenter said you can tell he's wringing his hands and gnashing his teeth because he knows they're talented and they have the skill and they're not living up to his potential um, <laughs> right but you can, I don't know what he's what he's wanting because that's pretty good. Right, but you can hear the guitar work is pretty damn impressive on that song. Oh hell yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, the way it's I, got, I call it sweeping. I don't know what I'm sure there's a term for it that I'm totally like not getting. But that 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 kind of sound, I, I, the way they do that with such speed, I think it's so legit. Um, and and just they build so much onto something that's already catchy. Uh, and it's like there's a riff right after the one that reminded me of Master Puppet. I thought it just came in so nice. Um, not the, and that's a compliment, you know. Um, and it's timed really well. It's got it. That's what reminds me of it's it's that melodic death. It's it's got that timing, you know. It's 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 like really technical, but it doesn't sound, you know, like it lacks, you know, craftsmanship. It's really nice. It's a really good song. And they they have excellent layering. Yes, they do. I, that's what I like a lot. There's there's a lot to you can listen over and over again and pick up on new things. All right, let's jump into track eight. Only a two minuter called, I guess it's Agnes Day. It's in Latin. I'm not sure yeah. if I'm pronouncing that right, but let's take a listen. Real quick, because that's kind of a bridge track, much like the first track. That's a song that kind of just, I think it's a palate cleanser, for lack of a better word. Yeah, it's one of my favorite Enya songs. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it should be no. on. Uh, I like it. Though. Right, I got no problem with it. It's just one of those things where you're like, you just usually skip over it. Yeah. Unless you really get the full experience. Yeah, unless I have this thing on full play all the way through, you know, I'm just gonna kind of let that one go. But all right, let's right. get to the next real track, track nine, "The Colors of the Cosmos." But yeah. you know what? Actually, before we do that, I do have a question for you. What do you think about yep. those kind of bridge tracks or those kind of? Um, atmospheric deals in the middle. I, I really don't mind them, yet I think this YouTube commenter will be pretty worked up about it. I don't mind them when they're used, like, uh, you know, not uh, abused. Sure, yeah, they're they're fine. Uh, there, there are some songs that really benefit from it. Um, if you, if like, for example, in Between a Bear to Me, White Walls, you know, the Viridian right before it right. goes right into it. I mean, you don't have to listen to Viridian. But if you White Walls is such a big moment for the album that it's like it, sometimes you almost feel like eh, you should give it, it you should give it that they put it there to transition into it. it it's you know they're combined for like a one big piece and so you almost feel obligated to give it its due the song so it depends I mean 
most of the time I'll just skip over it. But every once in a while I'm like, eh, let me get the full experience. Put it how they intended or listen to it how they intended it. And out of respect for the band, you're almost like, yeah, you know what? They put it there. They found it valuable. They thought it made the flow of the album better. I'm going to, I'm going to listen to the whole thing through. And I've kind of been that way my whole life just because I was used to listening to CDs and it was always a pain in the ass to go change them and do whatever. So I've listened to CDs top to bottom kind of my whole life. So when a, a band releases a new album, I respect the way that they've laid the songs out and I want to listen to them top to bottom because they, they kind of, they have a feel that they want you to get out of it. And you know, this is part exactly. of it. Right. Sure. So I, I usually, I, I will listen to it, you know. All right, let's get to track nine, the colors of the cosmos. All right. Guitar work on that is unbelievably awesome. That part, that that like whatever, I don't even know if, like what you'd call that um, instrumentation wise, but love it. You know what that reminds me of when like there's like a group of people in an urban setting and like and they have to gear up to like go take down somebody. Like that's them. That's them getting ready to go out and fight. It's like something from Ninja Turtles or something. <laughs> like <laughs> prepping for battle in an urban yes, terrain. Yes, I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna fight the shredder on the rooftop with that in the background. But I um, really like that song a lot. I um, kind of wish they had that part going a little longer. But uh, it, there's a part 248 that has a really nice build up too. Um, yeah, I, I thought that's a strong song. Really good ender. Um, the whole album is pretty good. Okay, good. Is that um, you got another one? There's one more song left, but I wanted to ask you another piece of trivia before we do the last one. You ready? Okay. All right, I'm going to name for you three former members, remembering that this band is from Finland. But I'm also going to name a fake member, and you're going to have to identify the false flag. Okay, the false flag, fake news. You ready? Yeah. Miko Cipolla. Kyle Spicoli, Jarko Coco, or Jory Halkio. All right, Spicoli. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> you should have had some kind of ridiculous name, like a made-up one. That's awesome. Kyle Spicoli. All these guys have ridiculously great names. Oh, yeah. I think my favorite name for a current member, because here's the current members. Ville Vilihanen, Iro Atakogoski, Timu Hainola, Lauri Unkila, 
and Andy Gillian. <laughs> Andy Gillian. What a <laughs> badass man. I'm wondering if Andy Gillian was an import from somewhere other than where these guys are from. <laughs> nah, man. That's Finland all the way, baby. <laughs> Born and raised. Oh, okay. So <laughs> right. tell me that and finish. All right. Right. Last track of the album, Apprentice of Death. Okay. track round it out for us give us your thoughts on the album at large that song your top three just wrap it up that's the most intense zales commercial i ever heard <laughs> now um now that's a, that's a good i like that song i like um i like the riff that comes into it, it's really good it's just another example of their um sort of orchestral prowess if you will the way they incorporate that into their heavy riffs is so nice i mean a lot of bands do that but just seamless man there's something very organic about the way they do it and uh, I was impressed by that. A top three. I had to go with Reclaim the Sun, The Ghost, and I was a little torn between Masquerade and Colors of the Cosmos because both are really strong. So I, I, I'd probably lean towards Colors of the Cosmos. Reclaim the Sun was a fucking no-brainer. It's a tough call, right? I mean, I think the the first one that you picked, the which is the really the opener track after the intro, Reclaim the Sun... I, that's a standout stud. I, that one's going to be in, I think, just about everybody's top three. They got a great riff there. But the rest of them are all good enough that you could make sure. a claim to, to get them in the top yeah, three. Yeah. So I was really impressed with this album. I was really impressed with these guys live. That's why I wanted, again, to, to make sure you listen to this. But, and you had not heard of these guys before I sent nah. you this? Look at that. I mean, a band, isn't that unbelievable that we've been listening to metal for 20 years and these guys have been around since 99, and you've never heard of them. And look at the shit they're producing. It's unbelievable. I know. It's, it's like a shame that I haven't heard of, I've really heard anything from them. But that's, I think, one of my biggest pushes of this podcast is that happens all the time. I've been listening to metal basically nonstop for 20 years, voraciously, and uh, there's still new stuff every day where I'm like, how did I not hear Yeah, absolutely. Guys? No, no doubt, man. No, no doubt. So, all right, let's do this. Let's take a, another quick commercial break. We'll come back, and then I am going to review a day to remember homesick that you sent for me to review. All right, sound good? Yep. All right, let's do it. Hi, folks. Jimmy Dragonslayer here lead guitarist of Set Yourself on Fire in Front of Your Parents, and the supergroup Set Your Parents on Fire and Piss on Them. Here with a message from our sponsor, Bubble Suit. Uh, have, have you ever been in a mosh pit and realized you were outmatched? No more. Protect yourself with the patented bubble... Is this real? 
people really use this. Our new polyethylene environment-friendly wrap will, is guaranteed to protect you. Let me tell you something. If I catch you wearing this, I'm going to pop your bubbles. Wear it, I guess. This has been a message from Bubble Suit. All right, Phil, we're back from that message yes, sir. from our sponsor, Jimmy Dragonslayer. I love that guy. Oh, yeah. And we're now on to the album Homesick mm-hmm. by the band A Day to Remember. And you gave us a little bit of insight as to why you picked this one earlier. Anything else that we need to know before we jump into it? I think it has some a lot of nostalgic value for even if even if independent of my own nostalgic value, which is like it sounds a little uh, emo is the word I wanted to use, and it kind of reminds you of when you were a kid because growing up we listened to a lot of bands like that. And um, I don't know, it kind of brought me back. So I don't know. I was wondering what you thought. So I'm anxious to hear what you, what your thoughts are on the on the songs. I'm gonna keep you in suspense a little bit before we dive into it. But how did you hear about these guys? I don't even know. I uh, probably someone told me. But I was uh, I I just every once in a while I'll just do a dive into some bands that I haven't heard, and uh, I'll go on like you know Reddit or something like that, and just look up, you know, whatever music people are liking. And uh, just check out stuff. So it was probably something like that. Okay, cool. Let's get into the first song from the album Homesick, 2009. Ten years old now. You believe that? I know. Blows my mind. And then we're going to listen to the first song, The Downfall of Us All. heard it and I heard that opening of them kind of singing it together I thought oh boy I don't know that I'm going to love this because it sounds a little shitty <laughs> but <laughs> but that concern wore off pretty quick because right after they got through that part you had that kind of inquisitive uh, quizzical guitar where it goes, almost like it's a question mark yeah. which I thought was really neat and then the singer is undeniably talented, man. The guy's just got a great set of tubes, yep. and he can sing wonderfully. So um, that 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 song got me a little concerned at first, but then once I listened to, it, I said, "Okay, these guys are gonna be pretty cool." Yep, and I, I think it sets the tone. There's some they they try to be heavy, and I think they accomplish it. And then they the guys they're just catchy, man. The guy's voice is really nice. It just it's it's like I said, it's, there's angst in it, but it's like I don't know, it's good. It's still good. It's relatable. I I, I always I. I was pretty, uh, I was pretty brought in by that song when I first heard it. I think you know what's interesting about these guys. I think they predate Five Finger Death Punch, but the sound of the growling or the harsh vocals that they have in here sounds to me almost identical to the lead singer of Five Finger Death Punch. I don't know why that just resonates with me, but right. it's what I hear when I listen to it. Right. All right, let's jump into track number two, "My Life for Hire." Do it. Yeah. 
where the gra- now I don't know for sure, Phil. Do you know is the are the harsh vocals also sung by the clean singing because they sound like different guys? I thought they sound like different guys, but I think they're the same guy. But if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But I, th- <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure they're the same guy. But well, that would be even more impressive if that were the case. But in that song in particular, I just kind of. I'm not in love with that song. I think that song is okay. There's a part in particular where they scream or harshly sing, this is a battleground. And it, I don't know, it was a little cheesy in the makeup of that song for me personally. I, I thought that I would have buried that song a little bit later down in the album rather than the second track. I think there are way better tracks on here than that one. Okay. And I think that in terms of ordering it or rearranging it, I would have, I would have put that one a little bit lower on the list. You like that one? Um, I thought it was pretty decent, but yeah, it's, I, I thought it was maybe the more generic, but I still like it. There, I'm looking up here too. There are two people that there are a couple people that do backing vocals, so I'm thinking maybe they are maybe doing some of the screaming. So That's I what I'm could be too. wrong. That's the vibe I got. It's the yeah rhythm guitarist and the other guitarist do backing vocals, so possibly. They're doing the screaming. Anyway, but yeah, that song was a little generic, um, but catchy. But catchy. This next one I love, and this is track three. It's called I'm Made of Wax, Larry. What are you made of? When he's singing, I'll be there to watch you fall. Just kind of, it's got an anger to it that I really like. And I think the title is interesting too. I, I like everything about that that track. I think that's probably my favorite track on the album. Nice. I love the way he goes, hey, Ed. <laughs> I love that part. Yeah, yeah. It's got a really cool mixture of the, the light singing and the heavy singing, but the, the melody and the drive of the guitar is really heavy. So I definitely love that song. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, so I'm going to jump in a little bit of trivia here since we're three songs in. Do it. You have three choices to pick from. And the question is, how many of the original founding members of this band are still in the band? Okay. Option A, two of them. Option B, one of them. Option C, None of them. I'm going with two of them. All right. Option C, none of them. What? Appar- according to uh, online, this band was started by two guys, a drummer and a guitarist, and neither of them are still in the band. That's crazy, man. Isn't that wild? So that they is- have a completely new makeup with all new members. Um, and they're from Ocala, Florida, which is right up the road from me. It's only about three hours uh, north of where I am. So good to see some Florida boys kicking it. 
But I thought that was really interesting that there's no original or founding members left in the band. Yeah, I would not have guessed that none. That's pretty funny. Good for them, though, for making it work. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's go to track four, New Jersey Legion Iced Tea. Okay. reins on this one man tell me what you thought uh i like the singing i think the singing drives it the most on that song um i, I think it's the like layered there's a, a hooks and compliments to some of the uh verses I, so i really liked it the the music's pretty good on it but i think it's mostly driven by uh the singing and i think it's pretty catchy it's a little bit of a it kind of it kind of felt like a, a filler type track but i don't know i kind of like it anyway well, this is what that was the, actually their first single from this album. Did Jesus you know that? Jesus Christ, no. That's yeah, awesome. back in Jan- January 27th of 2009, this was the first single, followed by The Downfall of Us All and Have Faith in Me. And um, I, I did nice. not know that this was the single prior to listening to the album. I didn't know about this album, as I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. until you sent it my way. I like this track a lot. Yeah, I think it's really catchy, man. I knew the singles were Have Faith Me and Downfall. I didn't know this was a single. That's impressive. I would have said, I don't know, I just kind of, because I feel like it's easy to gloss over, but I I, I like it, man. I, I thought it was, I think it's really catchy. Yeah, apparently only the third of those singles ever landed on any meaningful chart, but I don't I don't know who monitors or keeps an eye on those charts right. nowadays, really. But um, yeah, I thought that was interesting and that that's kind of where they're at with this album. And I had no problem with that being a single, unlike with Wolf Mother, where I didn't think that the single really fit. I loved this song and I was completely happy uh, to see that was the way there. So, right. All right, let's get on to track number five here, which is Mr. Highway's Thinking About the End. And do, do you know anything, Phil, about the where they get their naming conventions or how they... Yeah. So Mr. Highway's is from um, like a movie. It, it's uh, The Good Son. Um, I'm not really sure exactly what's in The Good Son. Well, okay. Remember in The Good Son? Well, you know that with Macaulay Culkin? You ever seen I've that? I've never seen it. Oh, man. He's like an evil kid. And he, um, at one point, he throws um, like a dummy off a bridge to like cause an accident. And he calls him Mr. Highway. Pretty sure that's what it is. And so... Uh, that apparently that was what they named it after, uh, um, off of the lyrics. Cool. I mean, I guess the lyrics are about like personal struggle and stuff, but I'm pretty sure the title of the song comes from that. I read that. All right, let's check. Let's check it out. Okay. I like personally how that has a unique 
start. They start with the breakdown that usually comes in, you know, two thirds of the way through a song. They start with a breakdown and then they find a way to speed it up, which is very unconventional, but I think they pull it off. Yeah. I did. Uh, it goes into a pretty, a pretty decent tempo too. Um, and it's, it's pretty heavy. I, I, I like, it. it's probably one of the heavier songs in the album. It's pretty, it, and, uh, yeah, I like the, I love when they, there's a bit, there was a song yesterday we talked about too. Um, or the uh, last episode, um, that I wanted to say that about it as well, where it starts with a breakdown. And so it just, you just come right into it, man, right into where you sort of nod your head or bang your head, you know, which I love it. And you mentioned earlier that you were in Kuwait when you were listening to this CD a lot in 2013, you were there for the army. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did this, what did this CD kind of do for you Any, or this song in particular, anything? Yeah, maybe obviously they're talking about home, so related to that. Uh, but a lot of personal struggles. I mean, there's a lot of self-reflection when you're not at home and you're away doing something. Um, I listened to it a lot at the gym, a lot. So I kind of and that, the gym to me was a bit of a sanctuary over there, uh, just to, sort of away from just everything. Uh, not that it was so bad, but you know, you needed a, just needed a break. So I thought it was. Um, whenever I think of them or listen to them, you know, I, it reminds me of being somewhere I want to be, you know, in a place I didn't necessarily love being the whole time, even though it's pretty easy, relatively speaking. But um, just sort of, it reminds me of, you know, a bit of a feeling of sanctuary. So that's that's why I have some attachment to the album. Well, you're the man. We thank you for your service, and I'm glad that these guys could help get you through it. And if they ever listen to this or, uh, you know, kind of take that into consideration i'm sure that means a lot to them because these guys are out there pouring their hearts out to it and somebody half halfway around the world is is fighting so they can hang out in florida and have a good time and put on shows for all the the countrymen and citizens good stuff man yeah thanks buddy all right let's check out track number six i'll I'll give you a little intro uh or a little peek under the curtain here i love this song i think it's the only one with full clean vocals the whole time i'm pretty sure just about there's a little bit in the background but it's that's it. There's a little bit of ground, like very little. I love it. That's probably the, that's the first song I heard from them. I think ever. Oh, really? uh, yeah, and I and um, probably my favorite song from them of all their albums. I've only heard a little bit, or I've only heard two albums and a little bit from other ones. So I guess I shouldn't really say. I, I don't. I don't know if it's going to be all that, but it so far it's my favorite one. It's um, God, I love it. It's so catchy. Um, I don't know. It's a little. It's sentimental. But it's not corny, you know. It, it's just it's a nice song, man. It it never fails. It's on most of the playlists that I make when I go to the gym. You know, it's not necessarily something you think about the gym, but it's just it's just it kind of puts me in a nice, really good mood. So, love it. When you're lifting slash training, when I, right when I'm lifting slash training for when I confront Morris Principium est. <laughs> when I'm lifting slash training 
to teach these motherfuckers how to actually act. <laughs> right, because they got neutered like dark tranquility. All right, All right <laughs> let's let's check out uh, and, and to echo your sentiments. I love that song as well. I think it's a great song. I think it's a great fit in the album. I think it's a perfectly placed song too because it slows it down a little bit right in the middle and kind of yep. adds some sentimental value right in the in dead center. There's 12 tracks. It's track six. I think it's perfectly placed and I like it. It's a great song and it doesn't it doesn't hang on too long. It knows it's time and it gets it done. Um, yep. Contrast totally. that with his next track, Welcome to the Family, which I think could, could be cut out. I mean, you might not like to hear that, but... Uh, I, I was not a big, big fan of this song. Let's check it out. I don't know, man. I like it. It kind of a little like hatebreed esque, and uh, then when the clean singing juxtaposed with it, I kind of like it as a little bit of a counterbalance to the softer sentimental, um, you know, vibes coming from Have Faith in Me. So I like where it is. I could I could see why you know if it, it didn't really strike you, but I, I think it's a good one. What, what were you thinking? For whatever reason, it just didn't stand out to me. It's kind of like I was describing uh, in the past to you a song that I just kind of gloss over. It doesn't really, you know, uh, excite me in the sense it doesn't grab me and make me move or just you know shake my head or kind of get invested in it. I don't know why. It's just one of those that I kind of tend to gloss over. I agree with you that the placement of it is good because it starts really harsh and heavy right after that sentimental value of the have faith in me. But I don't know. It just didn't stick with me. Whereas some of the other ones really, really grabbed me. And, you know, like I'm made of wax, Larry, I think is a, for whatever reason, it just captivated me the first right. time I heard it. I was interested. I wanted to listen to it more and, and kind of digest all the layering and, and the, the transitions. But this one just never captivated me. And I don't know why. All right. Well, fair enough. You're wrong. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> Everything just you kidding. say is stupid. But okay. I'm going to write. An unhinged YouTube rant at you later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's check out track eight, Homesick, while you're working on that uh, YouTube rant. All right. Let's do it. It's because it's bookended by two great ones. Have Faith in Me is great, and I think Homesick is great. Yeah, it is great. You know, I, I, the way that they do, very, very briefly and subtly, they layer the clean vocals with the harsh vocals on Homesick. It adds just an extra level, level of grit to it that I, I think it's now why I'm recognizing why I just never really stuck to welcome to the family because i i was so intrigued by have faith in me and then i love homesick i'm kind of anxious to get the homesick exactly you're like sort of blown you're like you're just you're like let's just get past this like yeah it's in the way 
kind of right. Of, right. right. Yeah. I think if if maybe if Welcome to the Family had been reordered behind Homesick, I would give it a better chance because I love Homesick so much, and it would have been buttoned with right. Have Faith in Me. So maybe that's why I'm feeling that way. But that could be. Uh, nonetheless, I think Track Eight is is definitely a stud. Yep, it's titled. Um, you know, it's one of the when you nail the title tracks. What I'm trying to say, um, it's it's a good sign, man. You know. Yeah, and like we talked about with Wolf Mother, they did a good job here putting the title track later back down in in the album rather than kind of pumping it up to the top arbitrarily. I, I think they did the right thing here, putting Homesick at, at track eight. Definitely. All right, let let's check out Holding It Down for the Underground. For the track underground. nine. Do it. I love that opening riff. Um, I almost wish they didn't do the didn't like chug into it because I kind of wanted to see how long they could take, like, sort of not do the, the heavier metal components that they that they you know that they usually do. But I kind of wanted to see where I would go without it. But I really do like it, and I and I like this. I love the um, I love where he comes in with the with the screaming, and um, I like when he does it. I think it's timed really well. So I, I like that song. Where does this one fall on your top? Is this uh, your top three? No, nah, I don't think I'd say top three, though, but it's good. Yeah, for me, it was one of the middle of the Packers. I, I didn't think it was one of the best on the album. I didn't dislike it. I didn't think that it should be nixed, but it was just kind of, um, you know, it's again, I'm going to keep repeating myself on this podcast at times because I have tremendous respect for these guys. It's incredible what they do, and I respect them, and I think we're already criticize or we're having to be somewhat critical of what you consider to be a great album or I consider to be a great album and it's impressive beyond belief that they do it so I'm in no way a YouTube ranter but in terms of value throughout the album itself compared to the other songs it's not as strong as the others to me yeah it's, it's I mean I could see that it's like, like I said it's not my it's not my top three I mean I might I might I could, I'd have to really see if I could put it in top five, but probably not. But um, yeah. it's, it's okay. It's good. It's good. It's a good song, but it's doesn't jump out like crazy. And to that extent, it's well placed because it's on the back half of the album. It's track nine. It's not going to be something that's going to make you buy the album or, or you know, return it. Right? It's not going to be a deal maker or breaker. But if they needed time to fill on the album, it's a good enough jam to, that it, it warrants a place on the disc. But right. Uh, wasn't a standout for me. So let's check out number 10. You already know what you are. Seven second long song. We could probably listen to the whole thing of that uh, and just 
right. no time. So that one to me was, I don't want to consider it a filler or a bridge track, but it's kind of what it was. It's it's a bridge track. It's a minute and 27 seconds. I don't, don't really have any deep thoughts on it. I think it's fine. It's It's so short and sweet to me that I don't even bother skipping it. You know, I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Let it play. It's not going right. to drag. Right, right, right. I, I agree with you. I don't turn it off, but it's not uh, certainly, it never was intended to be something right. that's going to make There's some, uh, there's some nice, clean singing at the end of it so, um, that I think is pretty catchy. Um, and so I'm like, yeah, it's a decent song. It's not really going to take too much of your time. So I just, I let it play. It, it's, it's solid. I mean, it is kind of fillery, but it's solid. All right, let's check out the penultimate song here. Another song about the weekend. Track 11, another song about the weekend. Nice, good. Love, love everything about it. Love the lyrics. I, I, you know, picture myself driving in a car while he's talking about a 15-hour drive. I picture myself as a, that's a great driving song. Windows down, sun's out, kind of a summer jam, and no, no complaints about that song at all. And interestingly enough, I don't know if you caught this vibe at all, but at the very beginning of that song, first 30 seconds, 45 seconds or so, I hear what I consider to be an undeniable Blink-182 influence. Do you hear that at all? I think I know what you're saying. Yeah, I feel like I, I, I don't. I'm not surprised by that at all that you said that. I, I could totally see that. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. No. I like Blink 182, and they were very influential culturally, and they've been a great band for a lot of years. So I don't mean that as a dig at all. But I, I kind of feel that they have that. Uh, that that's a really close to a rock song at the beginning there. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of upbeat. It's um, sort of. I, I like it. it's up a little uplifting. It's like a summery kind of song. I, I, I. I I like that one a lot. And I love one of the quotes he has is, I fell asleep with the lights on. Right. You know, if, if you're having a really good weekend and stuff's getting a little out of control, that, that can be known to happen, and that's always a good sign that you were raging pretty hard. Yep. All right. Was that in your top three? Uh, I'd say still no, even though I like that, it. That for me was in my top three. I think okay. my top three are, I'm made of wax, Larry. What are you made of? Have faith in me and another song about the weekend. It's pretty strong top three. If I, I'd go with um, Have Faith in Me, um, I've Made of Wax, Larry, and then I like the downfall of us all. I like the beginning. So, first half of the album captured all three, I think, for me. Right on, my man. All right, let's check out the last one. If it means a lot to you. All right.
I said it before, and I'll say it again. Probably the best example, maybe the best example on the album. The guy's got pipes, man. Oh Great yeah, singer. He is. He re- I, he's just. It's. It. I. I just. I could listen to the guy sing clean for a whole album too. I mean, you know, I. I, I could totally just. If, if the band was just that, it'd be fine. Not that there's anything wrong with the growling. I like that a lot, but the guy's voice is so legit, man. So good. And. And it's emotional. It's it's authentic to use a term that we've used in the past, and genuine that emotional feeling, and is able to express it in a way that is pretty unique and very impressive. Obviously, because these guys have an incredible following. They seem to be one of those bands that has created their own PR and created this massive following without a huge label behind them, and they've done a lot of impressive stuff. So. I'm grateful to you for sending me this album. I think it was excellent. I really appreciated the guy's clean singing. I think the the harsh vocals are still distinguishable and strong, but not ridiculously over the top. So I, I think it all works well. They seem like a band that's pretty tight, and I'm going to get into more of their newer stuff because this has exposed me to this band, and now I want to see where they've kind of developed and matured and grown to. Uh, but it is interesting, though, that there's no founding members left. That yeah, that blows my mind. I would not have guessed that in a million years, just because um, how could that? You're like, how could that even happen? Like, how can the band function? <laughs> but it did, and they're they're such a great job. So good for them. You just think death sentence, you know, if the whole band's right, right over that much turnover. But nope, not for them. Well, Phil, it's been another great episode. I'm grateful as always to have you at my side here, going through some great heavy music for our listeners. And we have another episode coming up soon. What are you going to be asking me to review on our next installment? Okay. It's very well known, but I really want to see how it holds up to you after all these years. I'm going to ask you to review um, CKY, Infiltrate, Destroy, Rebuild. All right. I will do it, but I want to make sure. Are you sure that's post-2000? Because I want to say that might have been... It's 2002. 2002. Okay. We just made the cut. Love it. Infiltrate, yep. Destroy, Rebuild. I will definitely check it out. I have seen those guys live, and I know that album quite well, so I'm, I'll be happy to take a deep dive into that one with you. I'm going to counter to you with a band and an album that I'm pretty sure you have not heard called Metazoa by the band Cormorant. Okay. okay. Have you heard it? You got it. I've heard some Cormorant so you've played it, uh, but I don't know that I've heard Metazoa. Okay, all right, great. Well, that's probably in my top five albums of all time. It's a huge, what? Yeah, huge, wow. huge claim. So I'm, that is a McLean, totally a John McLean. And I am anxious to hear your thoughts on it because I think it holds up incredibly well. I, th- I mean, I'll, we'll get into it in great depth, but I'm anxious to see what you say. And I'm expecting okay. you to uh, be whacking off to it. All right, I'll probably be whacking off anyway. But what? I'm just kidding. All right. You can just put it on as background noise. <laughs> right. All right, man. All right, Phil. Great episode. Until next time, this has been the Great Heavy Music Podcast. We will talk to you later. All right.